0: Welcome to the Supremely Intercontinental Podcast, a podcast about fake little hockey guys. I'm your host, Ian Constable, GM of the Banff Rockies. Coming up on today's episode, we have an interview with Dublin Shamrocks GM Ryan Torrey. And with the playoffs about to begin, we have a first round playoff preview in overtime with Boston Colonials GM Gary Graves. But let's get it started with the Shamrocks, Ryan Torrey.
1: Pink hearts, yellow moons,
0: autumn stars, green clovers, and blue diamonds. Very pleased and happy to welcome to the show one of the favourite GMs in the entire league, if not the favourite GM in the entire league, Ryan Torrey, GM of the Dublin Shamrocks. Welcome, Ryan. How are you? Great, Great. Ian,
2: Thank you for having me. I I don't know why I would be a favourite GM in the league. I know. I just kind of do some tinkering here or there, but, you know, I really produce very much. <laughs> I appreciate the uh, acknowledgement.
0: <laughs> well, well, I'm really happy to have you here. And uh, the first question for you today is, how long have you been in the SICHL? Uh,
2: so, I started in 2012-2013 was my first season. Um, I took over the Moscow Reds. Uh, i not too sure what happened to their GM, but uh, a spot became available within the league. And yeah, that was the first season of the Dublin Shamrocks and the roller coaster that it has been for the last eight
0: year seasons. So. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Um, and did so you change the name then that year to the Dublin Shamrock Shamrocks yourself or? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, when I when I applied, you know, it, so
2: I applied for you know to be part of the the league and. uh, when I applied, you know, I picked the name of the Scarborough Celtics. It was based on a rec hockey league team in Toronto that my, a couple of my high school friends were part of. And I just wanted to continue that tradition within a sim league. Um, but because I was taking over a European franchise, I had to choose a European city, thus being Dublin. And then uh, it was suggested maybe something along the similar lines of a Celtics, we could use the Shamrocks. And, you know, a whole Irish tradition, and so the Dublin Shamrocks were born.
0: Fantastic. So is that a heritage for you, uh, Irish heritage? I
2: do, I do have a bit of Irish in me. Uh, Tori uh, goes back to Ireland, but uh, I also have the, the Scottish in me. In me. Uh, my mother's uh, MacLeod, so that's why we are, have our GHA team in Glasgow, Scotland. So perfect.
0: <laughs> Excellent. And how how did you find out about the SICHL?
2: So I uh, came across a a posting on the HF boards. Um, It was just for a league, for this league. And I had participated in in, in similar simulation hockey leagues, you know, back when I was before university. And since, you know, having all the work done and having an inkling for some type of hockey that wasn't just the Maple Leafs losing all the time. I, uh, you know, checked out the boards and saw this uh, league, checked it out, and applied. So, luckily, I applied at the right time, was able to get a team probably within two or three months. I understand now there's a quite a waiting list. Um, and uh, so I was very fortunate to come in when I did.
0: That's great. Uh, and you... Didn't know anyone in the league at the time when you came in? No, none at all.
2: Um, like I said, found 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 the site on the board and applied. And uh, yeah, I no, knew, no, knew no one in the league. And oh boy, was it quite interesting to join when
0: I arrived. So. <laughs> Great. And then uh, since you've joined, have, have any uh, friends joined the league? There, are there any people in the league now that... Um, they joined because they knew you, or
2: no? I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't recommended the league per se to anybody. Um, I find uh, many of my friends wouldn't understand simulation hockey. Okay. Uh, I think it, it takes a, you know, a select few to really get into something like this. Um, but no, I, I haven't recommended it to any of my friends. But I think I've made friends within the league for sure. Yeah. Um, but no, I, uh, Try to try to keep that private, per se. Maybe you know I don't want to come across as too big of a nerd, you
0: know. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I hear you there. But I, uh, I I'm very proud of my nerdiness there. So.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I I,
1: no,
0: no. I love being a nerd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. You know, one of the big reasons that I find that you're you're one of the favorite GMs in the league is that you seem to have like no fear of changing directions on a dime. Um, and so this year, all of a sudden, you went you went all in uh, at one point. I, you know, I I thought it looked like okay, it's a it's a steady long rebuild he's looking at here or steady rebuild, and then all of a sudden, boom, you were. Uh, make you moves left, right and center and, and and really made a huge push for that last playoff spot. Or even you know, there was a couple of playoff spots there available in that uh, world. Um, so when did you say to yourself, you know what? I I I'm going for it. I'm gonna I'm really gonna make a push for this one.
2: Honestly, I think <laughs> I'm sure others will know, like I literally fly by the sea my pants every year. Um, so this year, it was more of, you know, let's build on what happened last year, which was obviously didn't make the playoffs, you know, got a pretty high pick. And, you know, let's try to maybe aim for that, you know, at least a top 10 pick again this year. Um, and then throughout the course of the year, you know, if you look at my roster to begin with, at the beginning of the year, you'll think, <laughs> this guy has no chance of being anywhere close to contention uh, halfway through the season. But then, you know, I picked up Markstrom. Uh, from Seattle and it just really changed the whole dynamic of the team um, you know it's amazing what a good goalie can do and then somehow got Pacioretty you know I you know pay, might have paid a little bit more than I should have but Patriotti will you know is having a great year in the other league and he will obviously hopefully re-rate well next year so those two acquisitions kind of Set the team down this path of maybe there's this possibility that the playoffs could you know arrive this year, and then we went on this weird winning streak. We kept beating these teams that we had no business beating. <laughs> and then I'm like, you know, you know, we're a month out from the we're a month out from the trade deadline. Let's see let's see what we can do. Yeah, and you know i you know managed to get Jeff Carter off Denver and, and Patrick Marlowe off to Stockholm, and Justin Schultz. Um, oh, I think he came from. I have actually no idea where he came from because I made some <laughs> trades. Um, and it just collapsed from there. So the sim, the sim's evil for sure. Um, but yeah, before those trades were made, it was you know, ten points out of the playoff spot, which seems like a lot, but anything can happen. And and so I yeah, I made that push, and I don't regret it. I mean, I didn't. I didn't give up an arm and leg I still have my first round pick for, pick for this year um I gave up maybe a couple of assets that could develop into decent players but you know, what's the point like I, I what's the point of just sitting back and you know letting the season happen I just throw a little fun into it so that's, so, you know, that's what I did and unfortunately it fell short but nonetheless I had a good time doing it and Made the league interesting,
0: right? Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, you're right. Um, you had a lot of people cheering for you, um, and you know, it, the same thing it happened a couple of years ago. I, know, I remember after the summit, um, the your team, your team was I can't remember where it was ranked in the very first. Uh, oh, we were, we were ranked.
2: Ranked, No, we were ranked at last. I, yeah, <laughs> that was it.
0: Go ahead. A, yeah, and it just seemed like there's this like, nope, that's not where I'm gonna be. And and you just you were so close to making the playoffs that year too. Like it's you've been right on the edge there of them. Um, and I mean, just we love to see it. It's fantastic. And you know what? A lot of those pieces that you picked up this year really look good for the future as well. Like that patch ready. I have to I have to admit, I was the guy battling for him. I was the uh, <laughs> I was the competition in the uh, I think in the may Main competition in the trading there for Patrick. Uh, you got a great player in Patrety there, and that Markstrom is going to be, like, like you said, goalies are a good goalie can do a lot in this league, and so I really love those uh, those acquisitions. Um, so with all that, you come across as like having a lot of integrity, and and I never never really see you trying to lose on purposefully. Some some teams may or may not do that in the league, but. <laughs> to gain a position or two in the draft, but does it bother you when you see others do that? Uh, No, not at all. I probably should have realized that sooner than I had.
2: Uh, You know, when I came into this league, I said, you know, let's let's just create winning teams. (laughs) Like, I think I've realized in sim hockey, I have no patience. Um, And I think that's one of the reasons why I haven't tanked, per se. Um, I mean, last year... You know, when the playoffs weren't in sight, yeah, I definitely, might have taken you know my JHA goalie and played him in the in the pros. But like, I don't have any problem with people doing that. Like, it, it's the, the path they want to take, and so be it. You know, I just I just can't wait three to five years for a team to maybe potentially make the playoffs. Don't get me wrong, I and mean, I think your team is looking, it's going to look great in again three to five years, but. I just don't have the patience and uh, and I think as as many people may think I'm good at this, I'm not good at this i you know I just look at numbers, think they're gonna work out and make trades based on that and drafting and drafting is not my strong suit. I know that um, I just don't laser focus in on what prospects are doing throughout the year kind of thing so um I just don't it, again I have no problem with people doing what they do um for me it's just i don't i, I, I want to sit around and wait for a prospect prospect to develop kind of thing and that's why I probably have gotten myself into a number of bad situations but nonetheless um
0: you know well your team your team's right there right it's right there it's 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 uh, right on the edge of that playoff spot this year, and, and next year I think with those acquisitions you did make, uh, Markstrom and Pat, especially Patrety as well, uh, I think you have a good shot for next year too. Um, speaking of those, like Markstrom and Pat Tiretti and other, you grabbed some big pieces that are that are going to help you be in playoff contention next year. Um, are there any that you're most excited about moving forward? Any anything that you acquired this year could be any, either of those two, it could be anything else.
2: Um. In terms, in terms of requirement, obviously Patrick and Markstrom for sure. I'm looking forward to see how Connor Garland rebates next year. Um, yeah. He was having a great season there in Arizona.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, as well as I mean, it, it's an overpayment for sure. But Derek Brassard was having a rebound season as well. So, um, definitely those players. Um looking forward to see how they, you know, continue their development. Um, in terms of prospects, uh, obviously Turcott, yeah, he had it down year in Wisconsin when you compare him to uh, his buddy there. I won't mention his name. can't remember his name, but apparently he's doing well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, no, Jason Robertson had a, a pretty good uh, first year in, Dal- in Dallas' uh Farm Lake, you scored about 25 goals, about 50 games, and then uh, a couple of the uh, goalie prospects I have my eye uh, on. Obviously, Dustin Wolf, which you are a huge fan of, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> Had a pretty good, pretty good year in the job. And then uh, another goalie prospect is uh, Philip Larson, who's in the Detroit organization. Put a year at Denver, and then. Laz uh, is playing in the in the ECHL this year, but uh, he looks uh, looks like a future future number one in Detroit. So, uh, right. but you know, as I said, my mentality, you know, a few minutes ago, who knows if they'll be on my roster come two years from now. But uh, you know, I, it, it's it's definitely exciting. There's definitely uh, hopefully some
0: hopefully some prospects to look forward to in the future. Absolutely. Well, I think that Dustin Wolf pick, you, you said you're, you said you're not that great at drafting, but I, I disagree that Dustin Wolf pick was fantastic, and he was my, <laughs> he was my next guy, and then you picked him, and, I was no, no, but, uh, I mean, he was drafted in the, as, uh, as someone else in our league put it, the Nahal League, um, <laughs> um, in the seventh round, like, fourth last pick, but, uh, you grabbed him in I think the fourth round, and I don't think that was a reach at all. I think that was I think that was amazing amazing uh, uh, value what you got there. He's going to be fantastic. I mean, just being the WHL goaltender of the league, and uh, he really, in my opinion, he was the best goalie in all of the CHL this year. Um, so, as Gary and I talked about last pot, uh, podcast, you made the most trades this year. Is yeah. there a team in the league that you find that you trade the most with, or so right. it,
2: I, I did account I did account for this year, okay. um, and I, I I guess you guys come up with like 43 trades or something like that. But the teams I traded most with were Seattle and Hamilton. Okay. But Hamilton, uh,
0: Hamilton was just behind you in number of trades, so that makes a bit of sense.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think we traded uh, basically four times with each other.
0: Okay. Um, but
2: I think I think that it's it's different each year. Um, okay. Boston definitely in the past. Boston, Vegas, uh, Kansas City, and Havana are probably probably my go go to trade partners. Uh, funny enough, a lot of them are all in my conference, which wouldn't be bad. Can we just pause for a second?
1: Sure. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Get yourself some snacks
0: all right welcome back we're with Brian Torrey, GM of the Dublin Shamrocks and we were just talking about um, trade partners and and uh, who we've traded uh, might trade most with maybe in the league uh, you' mentioned a couple from your own division there Havana and uh, and then of course this past year with uh, Hamilton making the second amount second most amount of trades that uh, Hamilton had a bunch with you this year but over the years it changes a bit hey
2: Oh yeah, year in year out, it really depends on
0: where everyone's at.
2: Where everyone's at, yeah. I mean, I also I think I realized when I was thinking about this question, and um, there are some GMs I regularly trade with, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think I have made a trade with uh, uh, with the Raiders. Um, you know, just because you know he's he likes to grow his talent, right? And uh, it just there's unfortunately there's nothing, nothing nothing seems to work out like Hamburg got Patry. I you know I, before I was trying to get Patry from the Raiders, you know I ended up lucking out and getting from Hamburg. But it just we could never settle on anything. And uh, yeah, so I mean the Raiders are definitely a team I probably never traded with. Right. And then I've made trades maybe with with Mike. Or with Mark, but they've been one-offs, and I don't think I've really done much business with them since. Yeah. Not because not because the trades didn't work out for either side, just you know the the assets or or something was there was just nothing worth trading. So I think I tend to gravitate towards my own conference in terms of trades I make, but again, yeah, it, it really depends on what's available and what what people's interests
0: are right exactly and and that's one of the beauties of the league is that we've seen we see so many different strategies from so many different gms on how they want to grow their team i mean some some just make very very few trades like uh, the raiders uh they they make sorry the riders they make so few trades and i know mike this year uh the supersonics as well so i think one trade or maybe two trades or something so yeah they're there's different ways to grow it. Um some there's a couple GMs that just never draft at all either either, right? They they trade oh all God. their draft picks and, and 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 it works. Every you know, different strategies work for different people. It's how you want to play it and I love it. I love that part of it. Um is there a player that you've always wanted to acquire for a, for a really long time and have made like serious pitches for them, but have never had any luck? Oh,
2: I I wouldn't say serious pitchers, yeah. but uh, uh, as a Leaf fan, you know, I want to try to bring home a hometown hometown hero. I know that Matthews, Marners, Tavares are pretty much out of the question, but uh, I have spoke to Don on several occasions of trying to get William Nylander, yeah. who tends to play on his fourth lines, which <laughs> would be an awesome number one center in Dublin. <laughs> but uh, it never seems to work out.
0: Yeah, okay yeah Neilander he's a great player um Don and i absolutely- yeah Don and I had uh, some conversations about him too, but it just it just didn't uh turn out um other than the obvious Alex turcott is there a prospect in your system that you're most excited about
2: again i mean i mean wolf you know granted he's only eighteen and nineteen but uh hopefully look forward to seeing him hopefully suit up pro in the next couple of years for Calgary. Um, but also this seventh rounder I drafted last year, oh, Sweden, uh, Elmer Solenblom. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I mispronounced that. I'm sure everyone knows from my horrible pronunciation from the <laughs> summit.
1: Um,
2: they'll understand. But uh, he played He, played, uh, he played in the Swedish junior super elite league, league last year, amassed 55 points. Is making the jump to the pro level next year in, in Sweden. So I'm hoping he turns out to at least a decent prospect. Right. Um, he's playing, he's a Detroit prospect. They love their Swedes in Detroit. So uh, hopefully that works out.
0: Fantastic. So. Yeah. And I mean, and they have a great path for prospects right now, too. So there's a, there's a lot of room in Detroit for, for guys to, to make it. So right on. Yeah. Good, good for him. And good for you on that one. That's good. Uh, with the playoffs. Uh-huh. This year, we're we're actually the other part of this show is going to be a little playoff preview for the uh, for the first round. Who do you like in the SACHL championship this year?
2: I I I go I go with the champs. Uh, I think I think the Raiders or sorry the Riders are going to repeat this year. I mean, yeah, they finished third in the conference, but they also finished with fifty six wins, which is most wins in the league. and their their core is just outstanding. Oh they're defense are. offense. Pekin and net. Even off went twenty and five this year. Like I, I feel bad for the those in the the World Conference to have to face them. Um it will be an interesting matchup with them in London, but I think uh I think they'll be uh, too strong and powerful. So I, <laughs> I I like I like the Riders to win again, but as for who's coming out of the Canadian Conference, I have no idea. Um there's so there's there's so many strong teams and um, you know, you you hit you hit uh hit the ground running like Fredericton did, um, in terms of getting that playoff spot and there's a good chance they could beat a in the first round. But again, I have no idea who's gonna come out of the Canadian Conference.
0: Well, the riders, riders are a great pick. They, they're a, they're a great team, and they showed it last year, going all the way. Um, so you were at the at the summit in Edmonton, the Summit Seventeen. Um, what were you? What would be your top three moments from that weekend?
2: Probably my top three. Uh, you know, starting from the bottom, the third third one was definitely like the interaction between everybody, um, from the axe throwing to the restaurant to. Just the overall weekend was just outstanding. You know, it was. It was, I've never met. I mean, I met two or three guys in person because there's a bunch of Ottawa guys, Kingston guys out here, but uh, none of the West West Coast guys. And just felt like we had known each other for years. We had been buddies for years, and and you know, it was, it was just a great, great interaction with everyone. Um. Number two was probably the barbecue. The barbecue was great. Um, from the power video power rankings to just hang out when being able to talk hockey, talk nonsense, talk fake hockey was awesome. <laughs> and then the uh, draft itself was was unique, you know, having everyone in the room, being able to talk trades right you know, right there and then, um, yeah, we had our hiccups, but overall it was it was a it was a really good
0: really good time and I'm really happy that we won. Yeah. It it really was an amazing time and the talking about that draft, and the actual draft and the, the trade talk. I mean, it was constant. People were walking around like, you know, people were leaving their their team tables, constantly going over talking trades all around the place as it's going on and having um uh, having Gee and uh, Henry up there interviewing us uh, after we'd make our picks and the music for each team that uh, that uh, Bryce put together and it's just everything, right? It's just it was incredible and getting up to being able to go up to that podium, like it's every uh, it's, it's every hockey nerd's dream to go up to the podium and announce that pick, right? So so I agree, that was absolutely fantastic. Do you uh, do you attend any mini summits like uh, get-togethers around Ottawa or or anything like that?
2: So you know, it, you know, I met most of the Ottawa guys, yeah. Pat and, and Jeff and uh, um, Gary. Uh, we met two, three or four years ago, um, and then I was out, out in Vancouver prior to the summit. Met up with uh, Eric and Oh, nice and Mac. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I've attended a couple mini mini summits. We had a Ottawa mini summit prior to last year's trade deadline. Uh, So, yeah, no, we've met a lot of the guys, and, you know, they're really really, uh, fun people to be around, so.
0: Yeah, it makes it special, this league, right? Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. crazy. Are you planning on attending the Toronto 22 Summit?
2: Uh, Yeah, it's uh, right in my backyard, so a four-hour drive is better than a four-hour plane ride. That's right. Um, Yeah, no, I'll be there, and, you know, my my family still lives in Toronto, so uh, it'll be... uh,
0: Homecoming, percent. So, Ryan, thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I know we have tons of GMs that'll be looking, really looking forward to listening to this. So, um, best of luck uh, in the off season with the draft and uh, and look, going into next season as well. And uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Well, thank you. I uh, I'm really honored to be one of the first guests. You know, I didn't think I would ever be on
0: podcast but uh, <laughs> thank you so much neither did I <laughs> I never thought I would be on one either so this is great thank you okay talk to you later bye thanks very much Ryan and now with the playoffs about to begin we have a first round playoff preview in overtime with Boston Colonials GM Gary Graves
1: in overtime.
0: all right I'd like to welcome to the show now Gary Graves GM of the Boston Colonials Welcome, Gary. How are you?
3: I'm doing great, Ian, and I guess the fact that I'm back, I must have did something right <laughs> <tomorrow>.
0: <laughs> Well, I wanted to do playoffs here. Uh, I wanted to talk playoffs, and, and because we're starting our first round matchups, I would, wanted to go through the first round matchups with you and and uh, kind of get your your opinion on, on some of the first round matchups. Um, are you ready to go?
3: Well, you know I am, because we're going to talk G H J tonight, right? Defending champs, Pawtucket Patriots, right?
0: Um, no, Gary, we're we're talking SICHL. We're talking the big league here. Uh, oh. reason, re, one of the reasons I'm asking you is we are both not in the playoffs, so we, <laughs> I figured we could have two uh <laughs> two views that would that would uh, be the least corrupted. <laughs>
3: the big leagues. Sorry, man. I was, just, I was pretty stoked there for a second. But, okay, let's
0: I, I totally get it. All right, so let's start over in the inferior conference, the World Conference. and uh, Do you want to take us away with the the first match up there?
3: Also, oh, we're talking Canadian Conference. So <laughs> <we> can.
0: <laughs> All
3: right, yeah, let's let's kick it off. Um, so World Conference, uh, one versus eight. And I I want to say this is going to be a pretty good matchup, but we'll see. Um, so it's the Revolution, um, Mr. Jeff, uh, and uh, and Dusty's Aces. Uh, they're going to clash. Um, the Aces. Well, it was it was kind of weird for me to just. To, I, I I honestly never thought that they were going to be in a playoff position, especially when it looked like he was going to tank. Not just tank, but he, I thought he was going to like rebuild, and then he then he holds holds the course and he stays in the into the into the game it makes the playoffs so um the just a, a quick uh, my my observations of this um this matchup the season series three zero revolution uh so that bodes well for jeff um I, I i'm not sure if jeff has made it out of the first round in a long time i might he might have made the second round last year i'm not sure but um <laughs> but like i say that season series three zero. um uh, is looking good, I think, uh, for Havana's side. <clears throat> I, I, I think obviously the key performers here are, are Drysital with his 112 points. That's a, an amazing season, and Huberdeau, uh with 89 points and McDavid at 81 points. Well, one, one would think, well, McDavid, why, why isn't he the like the best player in the league? Well, I think he still is, and and, and he's going to be. And he could be a huge factor in in the revolution run this this um, this spring. It's spring, right? I can't remember anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is spring. Uh, it is spring.
3: <laughs> yeah. So I I looked at the date today and realized we're almost into May. So uh, and Bernsey with eighty points, man. Like that's that's some pretty decent offense to to roll with. And then he's got. Uh, He's got his goalie there with, the, with the a 9-13 save percentage and a 2.5-2 GAA. So um, he's looking pretty good. Uh, I think, like I say, the, one of his key injuries probably Lindholm, um, which I, I would say is near dead, but uh, 59%. Um, fourth best PP in the league, um, PK 18th, not the greatest, but um, I, I think, like I say, the Revolution looked pretty good up front um, and and having Burns on the back end to to, to key your power play is pretty sweet, eh? So, uh, and for the Aces, I mean, they got Kuznets' stuff at 52 points. Um, (laughs) I want to find more here, but I'm not. Um, They got Darcy Kemper with a 9-19 save percentage and a 2.43 goals against average. So that, he's going to have to, I think uh, Dusty's going to have to rely on some stellar goaltending to get him through this series, I'd say. He's got no significant injuries. His PP isn't, uh, isn't great at 26th overall. His PK is 13th. Um, I think, uh, the Aces, in my books, the Aces key to the series will be fine lines that gel fast and shut down Havana scoring somehow. (laughs) I'm not sure how, but, uh, and I think the, the revolution keys to the series will be just pound the net, pound the net, pound the net, and and if help uh, Music gets uh, stays hot or gets hot or whatever, I think uh, this 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 series of my books should be over pretty quick. But again, it's the sickle playoffs. Anything can happen in round one. Your thoughts, the, your take, man.
0: Yeah, that that Havana team is just stacked absolutely stacked but you know you know i looked over here and i was looking at vegas here and i was i was surprised that malkin isn't up higher like i think malkin is going to need to have himself a series um you know they have some other guys you you mentioned kuznetsov but uh tara could could surprise he's actually he's got he's a pretty strong passer and and uh, they've got some other things you know where they're super strong is on defense like Wondering how that Havana is going to be stopped. That defense core with Weber and Petrie, Slavin, a really underrated guy, and uh, and some others there, you know, they're they're really deep. I mean, there's six guys, John Klingberg. Um, that's a strong defense core, and, and Kemper is a lot, like, he's pretty good. So I think they might give him a run, but that it's going to be, it, I think Kemper's going to have to stand on his head, and I think uh, Weber's going to have to injure some guys <laughs> really to uh, to uh, to take them out but but uh, it should be fun, that's for sure.
3: i agree hundred percent. And like I say you're right, like the, that, that the, those those players like Malkin, Granlin, Caravan, and Zuccarello, they gotta gel fast. And mm-hmm. uh, they can. I yep. mean, like I say it's a sickle playoffs right and, and anything can happen. Uh, being first overall in, in the league doesn't make you an automatic favorite or from my experience anyway
0: so yeah something dusty's got going for him is no injuries though going into the playoffs and uh so we'll see but i mean Havana can handle a couple injuries they have you know they have one or two right now but uh they can they're built to be able to handle that and just keep trucking so should should be interesting but i think that's the largest point difference of any uh of any matchup i believe in in the playoffs this year Okay, so our next series we're going to look at is Kansas City, the Kansas City Crunch. Uh, GM Kirk McRae in his Kansas City Crunch versus the Berno Barons. Uh, Bob's Berno Barons, Bob Mayhew, GM of the Berno Barons. So that one had a 20-point uh, difference in the standings, 113 points to 93 points. Berno, the Cinderella team this year, wow. I was, uh, I was really impressed with them. I I'm looking I was looking at a lot of the uh the stuff in this series. You know, Bernal actually won the season series 2 games to 1 here. When they played uh Kansas City this year, they uh they they both teams scored seven goals in the three games, but uh Bernal won two of those in fact uh the last game. I think it was the last game of the year. Uh was shutout. and I looked through the uh I looked through the lineups and Kansas City did not sit any of their guys in that one so so I was quite impressed Bernal really the whole year. Bernal looked really good, but then I started going through the lineups, and I broke it down into looking at who had the best two, top two lines between the two teams, top two top two lines went to Kansas City, uh, I looked at the top, best top four, top four D of both teams, Kansas City, Beth, best depth forwards, Kansas City, <laughs> best depth on D, Kansas City, although that one was close, the depth on D. Um, Best number one goalie. Take a guess. Kansas City, um, yeah. and then best goalie that. Uh, it all went like you know, everything was ticked off on the KC side. But again, you look back and and Berno won two out of the three games in the year. One huge thing for this one, uh, Berno couldn't afford any any uh, injuries, and Uc Saros, their number one goalie, is injured. So they're running with. Williams or Delia in net. So that's uh, it, you know Kansas City's looking at two injuries: uh, one one to Braden Shen, another to Nico Heisher. But uh, that's a very deep team. They're going to be able to handle that. Uh, Tarasenko and Nugent Hopkins and Matthews and Getzlaf. These guys are fine. Uh, also on defense, they're fine. No no injuries on defense. Ekblad and Green. Um, yeah, they're going to be okay. And in net. No injuries. Again, Dubnik, and they even their backup, Corey Crawford, is, is ready to go. So The points, uh, the, the top point-getters for both teams this year, Dadnov for Kansas City with 67 points, Kevin Hayes at 59, and Tarasenko at 58. You know, really close to Berno's top players. Ryan Dezingle, 64 points, only three points off Dadnov. Nemesnikov, who uh, I believe Berno picked up last year from... Who guess who? Kansas City. Nemesnikov had 61 points, so uh, he would have been second on the Crunch this year in scoring. And then Matt Dumbo with 44. The goaltenders Dubnik uh, 2.33 goals against average and seros had a 2.66. Uh, I'm sorry, I think this one's going to be over in five. I'm, I'm picking Kansas City in five, four games to one. Bernos' uh, Cinderella run comes to an end. I, I just it's just too deep to 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 look past them. How about yourself?
3: Surprised you gave him one game, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, anything can happen, and and maybe uh, Kuznetsov comes back to haunt him. But uh, I mean, even looking at the Crunch's lineup, like you got to think that man, like they should have more points in those top lines, right? And anything like you look at the Matthews and Tarasenko and Dadnov and Ekblad and all those guys. I mean. They're they're a deep team and you're right they they're deep all around and they're they're a pretty scary looking team when you stack them up against uh, Bernal right so um, I I can't even give Bernal a, a win especially with uh, their goalie out so I i mean I have to say this is like a four nothing sweep against City but again like I say it's the cycle playoffs weird things happen I mean some teams have been able to pull off like a championship with. A backup goalie, so um, absolutely,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I think the story of the year so far has been Burno and and the run they made and and just making the playoffs in the first place. But I think uh, Nemesnikov, this is just a story in the making. If Nemesnikov um, after being traded from Kansas City to to Burno, can take down can take down Kansas City, uh, we'll have the new story of the year. That's for sure. Uh, let's move on to the next series. Uh, and who are we looking at in that one?
3: All right, so uh, some of my favorite GMs. Uh, okay. <laughs> so we're we're gonna look at the uh, Riders, and, and I I want to try to to pronounce this T. <laughs> Re,
0: Recuvec. Right yeah.
3: Recuvec. <laughs> riders. Um, they're defending champs, are they not? They uh, are. Yeah. Well, it's a world, right? I mean, you gotta have uh, the champs, of <laughs> course. Versus uh, my buddy Mike Orham's monarchs and the monarchs have improved
0: uh, they sure have
3: a lot and uh, and the season series actually was five uh, one for the riders so one would think that this should be an easy uh, run for the riders again i i I'd, I'd hate to look at season series and say that's how you know that, that this is gonna go and, and I don't think uh, again I don't look, I haven't looked at any stats regarding season series and playoff wins and um I, I i think once the playoff um the playoffs hit like it, those those numbers and, and those games are at the door right so um i think this is going to be uh, like a, an offense versus defense uh world conference edition of course um riders offense potent but london and as you mentioned i think the the last uh podcast that they're stacked with uh talents uh talent in nets and uh And D, but does D win championships? Mm, We'll see, right? Um, Just some key performers for um, the riders. Uh, We're looking at 88 points uh, from uh, point. Um, 88 points from point. Uh, And uh, Varlamov uh, looks pretty solid, too, with a 918 save percentage and a 2.38 goals against average. Um, No uh, key injuries. Uh, they got uh, a nice tidy uh, eighth uh, on the on the power play uh, overall team team overall, and uh, uh, but their PK was 29th. Um, I'd say for for me the Riders' key to this series would be just basically keep those uh, first top uh, two forward lines rolling, find a hot netminder, and uh, I guess Rene, 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 Pekka Rene hasn't been it so far. So uh, the Monarchs, your key performer is guess who, Mr. <laughs> uh, Ovechkin. Uh, but only 66 points. But again, like I say, um, uh, I see a, a lot of teams where I, I thought there, there should have been more offense uh, from specific players. And, and, he's, and he's got the uh, the Ben Bishop uh, in between the pipes, the big man. So um, key injury there, uh, Hannifin, he's still dead. <laughs> uh, he's, I think at a 68% uh, rating now, so I'm pretty sure he isn't coming into these playoffs. Uh, unless uh, unless the playoffs go into the next September, um, and uh, his power play though 29th not scary, um, but 30 so mid, mid pack on on the PK. Um, so basically, I think the key 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 to Orms win here would be stop the Riders offense at all costs. Um, yeah, shut them down. And uh, and again, let's just quickly look at um, those lines for the Riders. Uh, again, like so you said, uh, Braden Point, uh, my boy Sean Monahan, um, Vorsac, Atkinson, Petrangelo on D there running the the PP. I mean, he's got he's got a good good uh, good players up front, right? So um, I, I love the the Riders' offense, and and will they repeat as champs? We'll see. Um, but they will have a, a. I think this will be a tough series against the Monarchs. Uh, again, I don't go by season um, series, right? Uh, I think anything can happen in the playoffs, and uh, and like I say, Orem's got uh, a bit of offense there too, uh, in terms of a bench getting Duchenne, Steen, and Aho. So I mean, I don't think it's uh, I don't think we're we're looking at a complete mismatch here. So uh, again, it's offense versus defense. I want to say if the Riders are going to lose, they'll probably lose this round. But uh, I think they'll edge out the Monarchs
0: in seven. That's okay, just my go in thoughts. seven. Going seven. I see. All right. Yeah, you know what? Like that Riders, that Riders offense, they are three line, three lines deep on top end talent up front. Three, like they, their third line is still putting out top end talent, and I mean a great defense core. But it's funny that Pekareny, a team with Pekirini and Varlamov, uh, have the disadvantage in net right when you look at when you look at the goaltending um bishop is just a monster this year on that other side so if it's going to be anything i think for Orem over there uh it's going to be uh the goaltending that that pulls them through but uh i i can't bet against the riders they uh they look pretty good and of course the defending champs right so all right
3: oh, yes. 100% man and uh, he's got a pretty team there uh, kind of. Envy those teams, right? But someday
0: I'll be there, I think, <laughs> or the GHA level, anyway. <laughs> so we're going to move next to the the fourth and final uh, matchup of the first round in the World Conference, where the St. Louis Spartans are facing off against the Philadelphia Fire ants, and only one point separated these two point these two teams in the regular season. St. Louis finished with 110, and Philadelphia with 109 points. Head to head. Uh, Philadelphia actually won 3 of the 5 games this year. 2 of those games uh that they played went to overtime, both of them winning one of those overtime games each. They actually tied in the amount of goals they scored, 14-14 in those 5 games. Um, then we start to look at the uh at the lines here. And the top 6 forwards, the advantage would definitely go to St. Louis. Um the top four D again to St. Louis, but depth up at front, up front uh, actually goes to the Philadelphia Fire Ants. Uh, depth on D would go to the St. Louis Spartans. And then the number one goalie, uh, I, I call it a wash between Anderson and Anderson and Rask, that pretty much pick your poison. But when they got the depth of Halak right behind Rask, uh, Philadelphia doesn't have to worry about if... Uh, if Rask is is not playing well, they can go straight to Halak and try to ride him too. So, um, the biggest problem for Philadelphia in this is their D that is injured. That's why they they lost depth at D, um, and they lost the top four at D. Their their D is decimated. Ron Hainsey, Chris Tanev, John Merrill, Kevin Gravel. I mean, Kevin Gravel, You're thinking, well, what's like, what's so bad about an injury to Kevin Gravel? Well, they they've lost Haynesi Tanev and Merrill ahead of him, right? So he was a, he was uh, not really supposed to play a big role, and he's gone. So they're looking at. Uh, so let's take a look at here what they're what they're looking at on Dino for some of their, their five six pairing over in uh, Philadelphia here. Uh, with those injuries, we've got. Joy, Laleja, and Igor Ozoganov. <laughs> that's their. That's their. Yeah, exactly. That's their five-six variant. Who? So Laleja and Ozoganov are going to be facing off against. Uh, let's look at those those top guys for St. Louis. Sometimes, and not even top guys because they can be rolling a couple lines here. So in St. Louis, uh, Bergeron, Kopitar, Radulov, Ryan Johnson, Zuccarello, Evander Kane. Um and Max Domi, that's uh that's pretty scary. So at the same time saying all that, uh, that depth in net for Philly, I think can take them a long way. And so I'm going I'm gonna call it a close series. Uh, they were close all year, and I'm gonna say it's over in seven. It's home ice advantage, St. Louis takes it in seven.
3: I think I, could, I think I could go with that i mean and this isn't a shot at norm norm's a pretty good guy i mean he gets he gets the knock for the low ball stuff and i've, I've met him a couple of times or once maybe a eh, norm so uh pretty good guy but when you're right when you look at the d and, and you got that i'm going to try to say it now uh and, and i'll quote I'll, I'll give you a quote from wayne's world uh ogazanov uh, sounds like something i ate and hurled <laughs> um i th- i think he you're right he's he's in a lot of trouble on d and uh and Sparty, Sparty's good up front and stuff. So I, I can't see, I can't see it being too too close. I mean, I think I think St. Louis takes it in six, but um, but you're right. I think St. Louis is going to over uh, overtake uh, uh, Philadelphia here. And uh, but a, a brilliant, um, a brilliant run from Philly this year. So absolutely. When we thought, when he thought we, when we. He was going to be
0: outright, so. Yeah, we didn't know if he was selling, right? <laughs> Halfway through the season he was he didn't know. He was he was wondering whether he was selling and uh I, I think he made some he made some good pickups, but I mean he made like the probably the the biggest pickups he made was just not selling, right? It was like keep holding on to Stamkos and uh Rask and then and also of course the big pickup of Halak. So going through the points in that series for different players, the top three for Saint Louis, Pete, uh, Patrice Bergeron of course, ninety points. Anze Kopitar, 89 points. Alex Radulov, 82 points. So you have three guys all above 80, 80 points. Frederick Anderson and that 2.39 goals against average. On the other side, Steven Stamkos, 101 points. Uh, Stamkos can do some serious damage, so so he can he can really, uh, you know, he can really uh, sway it the other way. Pavelski, 72 points. Marcia so 62 points. And Halak and Rask were really close. Halak had 2.4 2.42 goals against average and Rask 2.45. So, so it should be interesting. I think I think that is going to be the series to watch um, in the world. All right, let's especially, move over to the Canadian.
3: Uh, I was going to say, especially if the D on Philly side somehow steps up and, and pulls it out, right? I, it could be either close or seven games, like you say, or, or six games. Uh, I, I think it's going to be six, but
0: yeah. Okay. So we'll move over to the Canadian Conference, Uh looking at the uh, the first matchup, we'll look at features the uh, the most points in the league from the for the entire year. The Acadia Golden Bears uh, is that four years in a row at least? I know that it's, it was three in a row for um, for Vancouver and now Acadia, and I, I I haven't looked back to five years ago, but I know that's four years in a row where a Canadian Conference team has. Has finished with the most points in the regular season. Uh, they'll be facing off against the Fredericton Express, who didn't have a bad season themselves, even though they're in eighth in the conference. One hundred points. It took one hundred points to get in in the Canadian Conference this year. So, yep. you know, that's that's saying something. But uh, anyways, with our with the Acadia Golden Bears, uh, Guy Flaming, um, we have uh, they had one hundred twenty points. Like I said, the series was. Split even, three games apiece. And four of those six games went to overtime. Um, however, Acadia scored 19 goals to uh, Fredericton's 15. Looking at the lineups, um, top two line, comparing the top two lines, Acadia gets the the edge there. Top 4D, Acadia gets the edge. Depth forwards, Acadia gets the edge. Depth D, and guess what? Acadia gets the edge. However, somewhere where Fredericton can do some damage, number one goaltending, Vasilevsky is, uh, is definitely, the, the edge goes to Fredericton Express there. Uh, he had a fantastic year. But goaltending depth, if anything happens to Vasilevsky or if he struggles, they have no one to go to uh, in, in Fredericton. So, so goalie depth would, is definitely favoring the Acadia Golden Bears. Neither team has any significant injuries. There's some day-to-day stuff, but that's it. Um, Looking at points from the year, Logan, uh, not Logan, um, Sean Couturier had 98 points for the Acadia Golden Bears. Claude Giroux, 89 points, and Ryan O'Reilly, 83. On the other side, in Fredericton, Pasternak had led the team with 75 points. Ugh, Pasternak. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) Killarne had 58, and Dubois had 57 um, in net, Holtby for Acadia, two point four six goals against average, and Vasilevsky in Fredericton with a uh, with a two point two one goals against average. Uh, I think Fre- I think uh, Vasilevsky is really going to have to do a number here to uh, for for Fredericton to pull this out. This is the only one I have uh, with the series being won in an away barn, and I have Acadia winning four games to two. Um, you look at those top top players for Acadia. Uh, your first four guys there are uh, Sean Couture, Claude Giroux, Ryan O'Reilly, and Miko Rantanen. Miko Rantanen. Uh, one of those guys is not playing on their top line. If you can imagine that, that's that's pretty that's pretty incredible. And then on defense, uh, Ristolainen, McDonough, Truba, uh, Pareko, just and then they have a bunch more. They they have just great depth there. Freddie. Freddie up front, uh, Pasternak of course. After that, it starts to thin out. Jabrinket's going to be a great player, but um, he hasn't quite reached it all there. He can definitely score, but uh, he's got to round out his game a bit. Um, their top guys are when their forwards are out there, they can be scored against. There's not a lot of defense in that in their top uh, in their top group on defense. Um, it's just I'd say pr- pretty pretty average defense. But uh, that goaltending of Vasilevsky, it might do some damage. It's going to have to, in my opinion. What are your thoughts?
3: Well, first of all, I had to go on mute for a minute there when you started talking with certain players. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's okay. Some, um, some swears coming out you know, from the background. <laughs> the most painful thing was going to Acadia Golden Bears homepage mm-hmm. to start digging, it, digging up stuff because i seen all those stupid banners at the bottom. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a canadian conference team which is hard no i'm just kidding <laughs> um i mean like i say he has got a stack team um and, and i i can't hate he uh, I, I i finally met him this year as well or last year as well and 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 again you, you know you hear stories about player people like gms and then they give him like a a label right but uh and uh but no, he's a pretty good guy and uh he is, He's got a solid team. You're right. You know, from the, like those first four players, and then like you pointed out, Ratman being like kind of that uh, that uh, second line guy, which is is, is nuts. But um, I, I think I think you're bang on in that prediction. Like um, six games, and that that's kind of what I, I felt as well. Um, I think Freddie uh, Express, even with Pasta uh, on their team. They're going to be there someday, um, climbing and climbing those standings, and, and that that is incredible. You know, if you're if you're looking at a hundred point season for your your eighth place team. Um, again, like I said, I, like you can have all of the the you know presidents trophies you you want. Uh, we'll take the cup on on our side. So, <laughs> that's really how it's going to be. I knew work. I
0: I knew <laughs> there would be something about that coming.
3: You might as well be to it. So yeah, I think you're right. And, and again. Um, I, I think it's just just a case. too deep here. But again, it's a playoff.
0: Yeah, anything can happen.
3: One, one and eight here. I think, in your, and I think the season series kind of shows that you know this this is probably a little closer than one would think. Right. Even though one eight. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then there's some there's some talent over there in, in Freddie. We'll we'll see we'll see how this goes. Um, we'll go on to that two six, uh, t- sorry two seven matchup in the uh canadian conference
3: and i was glad i got to uh to do some digging here i got my crack um team of uh show prep uh, guys uh hooking me up with all the information i got like a network of people that uh, <laughs> supply me with the good stuff here it's the huskies versus the sonics uh i want to say this is uh, I, I don't want to say this a, a rivalry but i think it could be um and and uh, and Don and uh, and Mike, so we'll see how that series plays out. Season series three two in favor of the Huskies. Um, I think your your series tone here. You got a good defensive team in the Huskies and a more offensive focused Sonics team. Um, let's let's talk about the Huskies. Um, they're they're key performers. Uh, you you want to look at stats stats wise. This is Jad who I traded to Don a long time ago. Uh, it seems like I traded everybody away and, and to all these teams and, and now at least uh, at least some former Colonials may be champions this year so uh, um, <laughs> so let's look at Don's white husky, so yeah, he's got on uh, uh, the top scorer uh, with 84 points, and, and Big Nate McKinnon, and this is where I get surprised like he had 62 points but again, like he's a player that could You know, blow these playoffs wide open. Uh, I think the offense on the Husky side should be better than it is. Um, You have Matthew Chichuk, Mark Stone, um, Trocek. Uh, You know, you got Doughty, Hedman, a a pretty solid um, pair of defensemen there. And John Gibson, um, I think a pretty stellar year in net. Uh, I don't, I mean, Luongo's there as a backup, but you're not, you you should never hit Luongo. You, You go, need Rod Gibson all the way, right? And uh, for Mike Sonics, i um, us just bring my stats up here, sorry. I wasn't as prepared for this one, but I will be here shortly. <laughs> uh, and again, Mike Sonics, right? You got Wheeler, your top guys, Wheeler, Horvat, um, Thomas Charter, and Phil Kessel. I mean, it's not bad.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, those guys are... They're solid, for sure.
3: So, I, like I say, I think uh, a big injury for the Huskies actually is, is going to be Matsuchuk. Uh, he's going to miss, I would say he's probably going to miss the series of 86%. Um, they're, they're seventh on the power play, sixth on the P, uh, on the PK. So they're, they're pretty pretty solid from those, from a special teams perspective. Um, I, I think the, key, the Huskies' key to the series is shot suppression. They're very, very good uh they're 26 fewest in shots against and they can ride the good golding good go- uh, they can ride the good goaltending they're the so you know gibson's first in the league so uh and for the sonics again like i say you got wheeler horvat, and horvat and in goal you're you're riding uh Mrazik, which i traded them like for a third at one point oh my goodness why is that coming back on? <laughs> uh, He's got a nine. He has a nine twenty one save percentage and, and a two point three seven goals against average. And he's got Peary injured, uh, and, and he's not coming back. So, and Mike's power play is, is kind of mid uh, range at fifteenth, and his PK is at tenth. So, I think uh, the the keys to the series for the Sonics will be just get Horvat more involved in the offense and and, uh, and put pressure on Gibson. Got to be physical with these Huskies. They're either going to be puppies or they're going to be. Um, they're gonna be some nasty dogs. So, <laughs> uh, I, and, I, and I want to say, I want to say, Don is gonna win here, but I, I think this is where you're gonna see perhaps a, uh, an upset um, in the making, and I'm gonna give it seven games for the Sonic. So I'm gonna oh, give this maybe my first upset. That's bold. That,
0: bold. That is bold. I like it. I like it. I, mean, and I, th- I think. think the, Break it down. Yeah, I think the key to the series will be Tom Wilson in Edmonton. Uh, if Tom Wilson can take out a couple of guys, if he if he goes Tom Wilson style, and, uh, and there's a couple big injuries in in uh, Whitehorse, we have a like you said, we could have that upset there. Tom Wilson uh, has been known for to uh, <laughs> to lay the body uh, in some not so great ways, and uh, and he is yeah, he can really do some damage. They have got they've got some great forwards and like you said, Blake, uh, Blake Wheeler, Bo Horvat, Phil Kessel. Um and another guy that that uh I think will could be an underrated guy in the series is actually Paul Stashney. Paul Stashney uh has some pretty good pretty good numbers that, that uh so I and uh Mike's been a big fan of Paul Stashney, I think, for a long time. So I think Paul Stashney could could make a run here and and I don't know if we'd ever hear the end of it from Mike if Paul Stashney helped help them take down Whitehorse. I, <laughs> we might uh, we might be hearing about that one from a lot, for a long time from him. But we'll see. I that's a, it's going to be a good series. Um that Whitehorse team is deep though. Man, and they've got some scoring up front, but but the biggest thing is I think their defense, like i and and the rest of those guys, it's just it's scary. So, um it'll it'll be a good series. All right, that next series we're going to talk about is the Nova Scotia Schooners uh, versus the Calgary Mustangs, three versus six. Uh, so Eric's Schooners versus Matt's Mustangs. And uh, the season series in that one went two games to one for Nova Scotia. Uh, it was 7-6 in those in those games in total goals, so pretty close. Uh, there were no OT games in that Um there were seven points separating the two teams. Nova Scotia had 113, and Calgary had 106. Nova Scotia really seemed to uh, limp into the playoffs. He like Nova Scotia was was going so strong um, mid-season and uh, into the into the second half of the season and uh, the last 20 games or so. Uh, poor Eric hit a wall. And so we'll see if that really affects him going in here. He... Um, he actually lost one really important player there that uh, that could be a huge huge detriment to, to Nova Scotia in this series he lost Roman Yossi, and uh that's going to that's a big hole to fill so looking at the uh, top 2 lines i gave that to the Nova Scotia schooners um top 4d with that uh, Yo- that would have been really close but with that roman Yossi injury it's definitely uh calgary mustangs have the advantage there now uh depth forwards go to nova scotia Depth D to Nova Scotia. Number one goalie. It's funny with Bob Bobrovsky on the other side, but number one goalie goes to must, the Calgary Mustangs uh with Leonard. Uh depth in that I I see that as pretty even between the two. Um injuries, like I said, Roman Yossi, that's a big one for Nova Scotia. On the other side, uh Soderberg, Pionk, and Hamhuis will basically be going day to day as we go into the playoffs, so they'll be back real soon, and and might be, even be playing in that first game. You never know. But they're. But other than that, Calgary's looking pretty good for uh, injury-wise. Look at the top-performing players for the season. Nova Scotia had uh, John Carlson with 85 points, so the a defenseman leading their team, and that's with players like Landeskog, who had 79 points, and Jonathan Taves at 78. Uh, Bobrovsky had a 2.62 goals against average this year on the other side Patrick Kane lit it up with 91 points uh, Mark Giordano with 81 points and Dustin Bufflin uh, finished with 52 points so those those are some of the guys I was talking about for Calgary um, on that D that, that makes it a, a stronger D in, in that top 4 right now Giordano, Bufflin uh, you have Pianc will be back and Pessi, but um but without Yossi, um, John Carlson is great, but, uh, but uh, they have to give the edge there in defense to to Calgary at that point. Up front, how can you say, you might ask how I can say that uh, Calgary loses out in the top two with guys like Patrick Kane and Mark Scheifele. who uh, will be back. But uh, when you look at the top two lines in Nova Scotia, you're looking at um, Jonathan Taves, Nikita Kucherov, Gabriel Landeskog, Thomas Hurdle John Tavares. John Tavares is your fifth guy I just listed there. And uh, and so that's top two lines. They're, they're just incredible. You have Peterson backing it up as well. and So you have a lot of depth up front there. Uh, like I said, goaltending. Got to go with Leonard in this one. Uh, but depth is pretty even. So this one, again, uh, a really close series. Called it four games to three. Nova Scotia winning at home. Uh, but we're, we'll see that... Uh, that d could take it for for Calgary we'll see what do you think
3: yeah, there's a lot of great players on both teams here right um it's it's really hard to 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 call this one even i mean and I, and I know why it's it's tight for you to say it's seven games right and and I think this series is going seven games i but I'm gonna call it on the Mustang side okay um but you but you're right, like Nova scotia has a, an amazing top six and and the fact that Tavares only scored 46 points, are they just not gelling, or or what's the deal there, right? And I'm surprised at some of the, the top players in the league that, that, that didn't really uh, lead the league like I thought they would have. And I, and I point back to McDavid on, on Jeff's team, like, um, why? And it's just, like, sometimes, the, 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 the depending on the season, uh, you you get some weird guys that are that are leading the league, and then some that you, you suspect should be there that aren't. And, but again, the playoffs is your second season, um, and and Nova Scotia has got a deep um, a deep team uh, offensively. But again, I don't think Calgary is any slouch.
1: No, and, uh,
3: Patty Kane always seems to be up there, right? And and with ninety one points, that's that's a pretty solid season too. So and 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 the fact that uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say playoff guy Justin Williams is there. I think he's going to do damage. Um, I, I think Calgary's going to take this, but they're going to take it in seven. Uh, like, like you say, it's going to go to go to the, the, the very last game. Um, but I'm going with Calgary here. And again, like the, for reasons like you say, uh, I think Leonard is is going to out duel Bob uh, Officer. Bob, Bob, okay. Bobrovsky,
0: that's right,
3: Bobrovsky, oh my goodness, can't talk to me man, it's been a long day, but, uh, but Officer Bob, yeah, he's uh, he's going to get a duel here, uh, no offense Eric, but I think, um, and it's not just because I traded a lot of players to the Calgary Mustangs this year, <laughs> I just think Calgary is just going to pull it off, and um, and, and I think Kaner's going to get uh, into the second round with these Mustangs. So, um, but uh, good analysis there, um, Ian. Uh, like I said, you, you're pointing out a lot of great uh, facts there. But um, sorry, Eric.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, we have one more series to look at. Uh, do you want to do you want to take us through that series?
3: Yeah, this, this the Slam Wagon. Uh, so we got uh, Norseman versus the Slammers. Um Season series actually went to the Slammers. Um, I, again, I'm a, a little surprised that the Norsemen didn't uh, do a little better this year, but uh, they're still a great team. They got Crosby, right? Um, that guy? Yeah, that guy. And they got uh, Matt Murray in that <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, with a 9.17 save percentage and a 2.43 goals against average. Um, uh, key injury for them will be Ellis. 84 percent um it's going to be out for a bit uh their power play not not super awesome at 22nd of the league and their pk uh, at 20th um again i think what the, the, the a key for the Norseman here will, will probably be using uh team depth to work the slammers um and i hate to say it but unimpressive back end um but uh, for the Slammers, key performers, obviously, uh, Brad Marchand, 92 points, and Backstrom with 88. Um, it's a pretty good uh, one-two punch. And and they got uh, Elliott Nett. Um, so, I mean, like I say, it's... I, I think goaltending is, I want to say, about even here. Um, the, the key injury for the Slammers, of course, is going to be Parise. He's super dead. <laughs> 27 um, percent um, i think he's on life support right now uh, for them uh, which i thought was an amazing stat was a third in the power play so uh, their their special team there is going to be um it's going to be pretty uh you don't want to go on uh you don't want to go on the the uh, the pk against that team put it that way um, and i'm just going to bring up some stats here just so we can Continue on that discussion, um, and, and I and, the, and Pat actually the Slammers is one of those teams where I thought they were going to start rebuilding at the start of the year, and, and he stayed the course and and uh, and made it into the playoffs. So I mean, like I say, having Marshawn Backstrom, of course Carlson um, on on the uh, running the the power play, nice uh, sixty five points. Right. Um, not bad. Again, I think a key a key loss will be Prise, who is uh, their fifth best scorer. Um, but they got a bit of offense, like I say, at Horquist and, and a couple others, right? Um, and uh, and Elliott. Uh, again, like I think I think goal goaltending, it's about a split. Um, uh, I think, like I say, depth wise, uh, I thought the the Norseman had more. Um, I, again, you had Crosby, right? Carlson, the, the best hair in, in hockey, or the best hair Carlson? Is that, <laughs> that how he how he frames it? Right. Uh, and, uh, he's got you know Bonino, Hoshi, um, and Jamie Ben. Again, I, I, I thought we would have seen a, a little more maybe uh, out of Jamie Ben, but um, but I think overall, um, I like to jump on the slam wagon here. Um, but should I? I don't know. <laughs> I think the Slammers' key to the series will be basically short up to the defensive side of things and 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 getting the right matchups in play, right? So, um, again, the season series is won by the Slammers. Um, I, I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be. Uh, I think it'll be closer. Uh, I think. I, I really think that the Norsemen are going to pull it out in 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 seven. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a long series. As well, and uh, as much as I'd like to jump on the slam wagon, I can't this year. I think it's going to be the Norseman and Matt Murray. Um, he's going to pull it off, maybe, and uh,
0: we'll see. Yeah, you know, you know what? I think every team needs to face adversity, and and Vancouver Island really faced adversity at the start of this year, uh, and since then, if I I don't have the stats in front of me, but I, they might be they they might be the hottest team in the entire league since the since about like the four, 30 or 40 game mark. Um, I think if I'm calling a team actually to go all the way, it's going to be the Norsemen this year. I think they've faced that adversity now. Uh, I think this first round, myself, they uh, I think they're going to kind of cruise through it a bit. Um, no offense to the to the Slammers, they've got some great talent, but um, but up front with that loss of Prize, uh, they're really left with only a one-two punch of um, of Backstrom and Marchand. After that, it's pretty thin. So I think the Norsemen are going to get through this one pretty quickly myself. Um, but we'll see. I mean, like you said, it's the playoffs, and and uh, the Slammers took the series, season series, right? So who knows? But so uh, did you hear that Pat? <laughs> Eden is not
3: giving any confidence. <laughs> <by laughs>
0: I like that defense core. I like that defense core, and and just that brise entry, I think just hurts too much. <laughs> no offense, Pat. <laughs> well,
3: I, I would be offended, Pat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we we'll see. We'll see what happens in this first round. Um. But thank you very much, Gary. Really appreciate you coming on and uh, and giving your insight. That uh, that world side insight and uh, and even though you know he's. A, the world may not uh have all the answers uh where we still appreciate it.
3: No, uh, thanks for having me on and, and again like I said I tried to be a little more uh balanced in my opinion this time just because I'm not <laughs> in the playoffs and well sure I should I'm not in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm the defending GHA champions. <laughs> GHA still matters.
0: It does. The I Avalanche are coming for you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> thanks again for having me uh, and and uh any time and I hope everybody uh enjoys this uh this first round overview extravaganza
0: you bet okay all right we really appreciate it we'll talk to you soon gary thanks for coming on cheers buddy take care thanks very much gary and i want to wish the best of luck to all the teams in the SICHL playoffs this year if you'd like to be on the show in the future uh if you have anything that you'd like to add to the show you can dm me on me at twitter at S-I-C-H-L Rockies, and love to hear from you. So thanks again to my guests today, Ryan Torrey of the Dublin Shamrocks and Gary Graves of the Boston Colonials. Best of luck, everyone.